Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, and May the 4th be here. You said it right on. Happy Star Wars Day. If, Crushed it. If that's your thing. We uh, uh, are into an election campaign now, Kat. Yesterday, Premier Ford, very, very out of breath, went to visit the lieutenant governor and requested that parliament be dissolved. That's part of our parliamentary procedure. You have to go see the lieutenant governor, and if she agrees, she will dissolve parliament and drop a writ, which means election campaign. <laughs> All that stuff that you just said is just so... Can't we like get updated terms on all these left-handed governor? Like, I assume that that was put in place in, like, 18-something or maybe even earlier. Am I wrong? Uh, you're probably pretty left-handed close. left-handed governor. I just... Like, can't we just update it? Like, like, an assistant to somebody or some shit? Like, anyway. Okay. All right. So it's done for the, now. There was a couple of things, though. I'm going to take you back to yesterday and just play quickly. Premier Ford, as he went in to make the announcement yesterday, was... I don't even really know how to describe it, but I'm going to play a little bit of audio for you from the premier. This is the tone for the upcoming election, which happens on June the 2nd. Give a listen to Doug from yesterday. It's about one simple thing. Either the people of this province are going to choose to go backwards and and choose another another, uh, way of moving this province forward as they destroyed the province, the previous governments, or... They're going to choose prosperity, getting things built, bridges, roads, and highways, like we're doing, creating prosperity, creating tens of thousands of jobs in the auto sector, bringing prosperity back to this province. People have a very clear choice on June the 2nd. I'd like to extend the invitation to everyone to our campaign kickoff tomorrow at the Toronto Congress Centre at 650 Dixon Road. That's in Etobicoke. Doors open at 6 p.m. And the rally starts at 7. Can't wait to get oh, out of the bubble, knows. as they say, and get out there and meet the real people in this province. Premier, are you con- He loves love the Congress Center, by the way. By the way, I'm really, really impressed that he like knew all the times and everything, though. Oh, There's yeah. going to be food, so <laughs> he remembers. I told him, somebody do a Timmy's run and get lots of breakfast sandwiches. And, and get some of the, 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 the meatless ones for the tree huggers, too. Get, yeah. get some for those fuckers. Sure. What, did he run there? Was he out of breath? Like, get the man some fucking oxygen or something. He he sounded terrible. He's excited. He's excited. Is, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited all the time. It never leaves me breathless. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about it doesn't make you need to gasp for air. Toronto <sighs> Congress Center. <laughs> Like, what, did you just smoke a cigar? I don't understand why you're out of breath. Like, there weren't even stairs. You literally just walked down the hall. That's so funny. Jesus, Doug. In any case, uh, what I'm wondering about is how this is going to go. Because right now, the conservatives have a very, very big lead in the polls. But there's a couple of things that could happen here. If Doug does not win a majority government, it's very possible you could see Premier Stephen Del Duca because it's highly likely that he would team up and form a coalition government with the NDP and partner up with Andrea Horvath. So that's one possibility. The PCs could completely shit the bed mm-hmm. and we could end up with a different party. People could wake mm-hmm. up and remember the Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGinty years and say, wait a second, Stephen Del Duca was there for all of that. Fuck that. I'm not voting for that guy. Then in, we could have an NDP premier. Yeah. 
I, I don't know how it's going to go, but I don't think that people should look at the polls and say this is already over. And don't forget the amount that we've had in the past, and that's what I'm judging this on, the potential of and some kind of conspiracy or information being brought to light. Anything can happen in the next month. So nothing surprises me. If something comes out that we didn't know that changes our minds, no matter who it might be about, that can happen. But a month is not a long time to change people's minds. No. So if people seem to be on one side, they tend to stick to that. Or they'll <clears throat> vote for nobody. You know what I mean? And, and, and do whatever they feel is right for them in terms of wanting to say no to everybody. And maybe that means they don't cast their ballot, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Or maybe that means they'll put something down on the ballot. Fine. But I don't, and it's not a lot of time to make, like to change someone's mind. All through COVID, you know, people were talking about what they would do and what they, how they feel. And I do feel like people have changed their tune. And I do feel the announcements that are have made have gone in the conservatives' favors. I don't see it in any way not being Doug's government. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that could stop him is if he comes up with a minority government and then the coalition would take over and they would be the government. Uh, One thing I would point out is I was following along with one of the conservative uh, bloggers that I follow yesterday, and they did a poll on their Twitter. Who are you voting for? Is it Doug or Steve or Andrea or somebody else? Almost every comment. I'm going to say about 90% of the comments were Doug is the the best of a bunch of bad apples. There is just yeah, no yeah. other alternative. Mm-hmm. Love to not vote for Doug, but I don't know who I could yeah. vote for instead. Yeah. And that's a shitty spot to be in. What is there, 14 and a half million people in this province, and those are the three fuckers that we end up with yeah. as choices for premier? How is that even possible? We've got some great mayors and chairs yes. and counselors and great regular citizens that would probably make great leaders. And we get stuck with Ford, Del Duca, and Horvath. Yeah, I the think fuck? on every level for me, besides local municipal elections, I feel that way. Can I just say that every single time I've ever cast a ballot, for my memory, since I was 18 and on, it was always the best of, for me, kind of like meh. Or sometimes the worst, the best of the worst. Go with my gut on who I think could handle it the best out of all these crappy choices. I felt that way for a long time. But it's true when you, I mean, you point it when you look at the local governments. Like, I mean, mayoral candidates. There's some incredible ones. uh, Counselors even. In my opinion, some incredible ones. But when you think about it as well, is there not something to, more shit gets dug up about you the second that you put yourself in that position. That's when you get attacked. It's a lose-lose so, lose proposition. A, that's the thing is, oh, if somebody from like a municipal level moved up and we had more choice, hey, we have more choices at provincial. Let's pretend we do. Something's going to be brought to light about those people. You know what I mean? Like it's always something because it's the struggle for power that takes over and tries to shine a terrible light on whoever it might be. And sometimes it's true, so we're thankful for it. Other times it's just shit that's being tossed around about this person that's not true like poor Patrick Brown had to deal with, for example, (laughs) you know, so you put yourself in that shitty position. I I wish it was almost easier for people to step forward and do it and not be shit on automatically because I feel like the thick skin aspect has to be there. And for a lot of people, it's not. I'll tell you, it's very, very conflicting for me because I'm not going to try and pretend history didn't happen. I did support Doug Ford the first time around. The problem is, I don't know where Doug Ford went. He spent two years shutting down businesses and and muzzling kids. And and it was just absolutely pure insanity and disgustingness what he did during COVID, particularly when he tried to pit the police against the public. That, for me, was unforgivable. 
But I'm also thinking about my local candidate. And I thought, okay, well, I mean, I'm not happy with what Doug did. What, what he did was deplorable. But, oh, and the way he's running around spending our money like a teenager with their first credit card right now. I mean, that's another thing. That, that's a big problem. Somebody's got to rein that in because it, it does seem very slimy. A, the, a month before the election, and he's just pumping billions of dollars out into pet projects and strategic ridings. Fuck you, Doug! (laughs) But that aside, I thought, okay, well, maybe I can hold my nose and and vote PC because of my local candidate. And then I think back, during COVID, we all had questions, and I knew that one of the ways that you can get questions answered is reach out to your local MPP. Didn't even get a call back. No way. No. I reached out and asked questions like, why is this? Why is that? Can you help me understand what the, the point of this is? They wouldn't even respond. Are you sure you didn't but, go to junk mail? Uh, no. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, I thought, okay, well, is it possible that maybe they just uh, lost my number or lost my message? No, it turns out I'm still on the database because they've been emailing me nonstop to donate money to the goddamn campaign. Right. So fuck off. I, I just, I'm, I'm just so disgusted and frustrated and... You know, I'd really like to see some contrition here. I, I'd really like to see a conservative candidate in this election. I think that would be helpful, but we don't have one. Uh, we, we've just got Doug doing whatever the fuck it is Doug is doing. <laughs> I, I don't know why he is not doing interviews. Love to see an actual interview. He should sit down with somebody, and I'd prefer it be us, but I get it if he doesn't want to. But somebody's got to sit down with Doug and ask him questions where they can ask follow-ups and get actual answers. And he and the prime minister and anybody in a decision-making capacity is avoiding them like crazy. There's so much shit that has come out in the last six months in particular. We've now learned about COVID and about the restrictions and about the harm that masking kids was doing and so on and so forth. And nobody wants to talk about that. So they're avoiding interviews and all you get is a question and a follow up at a news conference. So hopefully somebody with half a brain can get Doug in a chair and ask him some questions because that interview is going to make my decision on June 2nd. Although I am happy that they're doing 10 advanced voting days. I like not having to go and line up on election day. Preach. I hear you. I like to pick and choose the day. The week of, in fact, just being like, you know what I feel like doing? This. And making my choice. But when can we we figure this out and vote online? I mean, it's 2022. And I know that that may sound cliche. And I get that Russia's got some pretty sophisticated hackers. And I don't know if Russia likes Doug Ford or not. I I just think that at this point, there's got to be a secure way to do it. Uh, I did vote online for a political event in Canada the last time the federal conservatives held their leadership race. You could vote online, and it was so secure. You had to scan your ID and upload it. They confirmed you were a person, and they mailed you your PIN. So a little bit of mail, a little bit of electronic, but all all I had to do was take that PIN that they mailed me, and which is fairly secure, it came in the mail, and type it into the website, and I was able to vote. Why can't we do that for a general election? What would be so wrong with that, Kat? Yeah, I think they're too afraid that something will go wrong, and then they're going to be to blame. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think eventually we know we'll get there. Like Eventually, there's going to be a better way. I just don't know if anybody's working on it or if the parties themselves don't want this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah. think that there's a lot of parties who really thrive on voter suppression or low voter turnout, and they don't want people to, to vote. They don't want to make it convenient. They just want to say they had an election, and, and they just have to do well in a small percentage of the population. Either way, the election campaign is on. May the 16th is the debate, and I think that that's going to be a popcorn-worthy night. 
That's going to be order some pizza and then popcorn for the the post game. It's going to be great watching Doug and Steve and Andrea just fucking yell at each other for two hours. Ah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, Mother's Day is just around the corner, Cat. You looking forward to the day or is it just another day? I don't know. For me, it's probably going to be just another day. I'm I'm so thankful and blessed to be able to see my mom regularly. So I will, of course, see her. I'm honestly not sure if it's going to be Sunday or Saturday, but I will absolutely see her on the weekend and I will, you know, shower her with gifts and whatnot. And I don't know. For me, I think it's just me and my girls on Sunday. Oh, nice. And I'm good with that. That's fine. I, uh, by the way, I know that the sound is clicking and clacking and I apologize. It's, yeah, it's it, not you guys. It's, it's us. Yeah. It's, uh, this podcast studio was so state of the art for a while, but the problem is you can have a state of the art studio built for you. But if you have a, a subpar sound card, which apparently you can only get from fucking, I don't know, North Korea and it's got to be flown in on a dove's wing or something <laughs> like that. These things take a long Basically. time. <laughs> Only the one with an eye patch, though. You can't get the regular <laughs> Not a swing. Uh, so, we'll, uh, until it gets too irritating, we'll keep going and we'll just try and deal with it. You know what Mensa is? Mm-hmm. It's like a league for smart people. <laughs> it's a genius group. <laughs> it's, a, it's a smart kid club. What do they do at Mensa meetings? Oh, do nothing. they like just write IQ tests and quiz each other? Nothing fun, right? Is there like Jeopardy on on mute and TV? Or they laugh about how stupid the people in Jeopardy are? <laughs> Fuckers. Losers. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I would love to actually just be a fly on the wall. It'd be really boring. I, I, I think maybe that's a stereotype, though, that it would be boring. Maybe it's exciting. Maybe they get they get low and they fucking get crunk. I mean, we don't know. Hmm. An OnlyFans model. Her name is Candace Kloss. K-L-O-S-S. If you want to look her up on OnlyFans. She's a 21-year-old from New York, and she is a bona fide member of Mensa. She is a genius. She's got an idea, and I'm trying to figure out if her idea is genius or if this is just beyond shallow. She has decided that before she will date somebody or give them a shot at dating her on a regular basis, exclusive if you will, they have to write and pass an IQ test on the first date. She says, I'm not going to waste my time on idiots anymore, so they must pass the test. I wish I could see what kind of test this is. Like, how hard are the questions? I think it's like an actual IQ test. It tests you in various different ways on different subject like, matter. Dude, there's some people who would just like someone to figure out there, there, and there. <laughs> so, I can, like, for me, like, for me, I understand from a certain point, like, wanting to be on the same level if that's what you're into. There are a lot of people that, this is going to sound harsh, okay? But there are a lot of people that are fully fine knowing that they're the smarter one in the relationship and their significant other maybe not but it works for them it works for them and it's fine I guess for her the conversation has to be of a certain way and perhaps she also equates that to education and job and salary which by the way it shouldn't be because I know plenty of people who didn't even go to post-secondary they're making fucking bank I have a high school diploma and I'm doing okay yeah like you know what I mean like for me I don't I I don't see it that way, but I also am not a member of Mensa and grew up in potentially the way that she has grown up, right? I don't see it that way. I, if you're street savvy, that's just as sexy to me as someone who is smart. And if you're both, that's great. And if you're just a little bit smart, I'm okay with that too. As long as you can hold a conversation and you have that chemistry. The chemistry is what matters over and above if you can do a fucking long division, <laughs> like fucking <laughs> math equation. Like, I don't care. I, uh... I'm, I've heard many people in the past say at the beginning of a relationship, they want to find out this or find out that because they don't want to waste their time. And if your goal as a certified genius 
is to find someone who is also a genius or at least highly intelligent. Maybe you'd want to know from the beginning and not waste your time if they are, and I quote, an idiot. I, what a horrible way to put it. Where, <laughs> I want to date any Why idiots. doesn't she just try to date people in Mensa then? Like, don't they have some form of internal group activity or something like that? Like, if you're going to be that particular, I just feel bad for, like, the Joe Schmo off the street that might be good looking, right? So she meets him at, like, a Starbucks, and she's like, hey, this guy's good looking. And then she just, like, slides a piece of paper over to him, like, could you fill that out for me, please? <laughs> I, like, why don't you just go to places where you know these people are geniuses if that's seriously where your bar is at? But to me, it's just a shallow I think this is the way I see it, but it's just as shallow to me to to throw a quiz at somebody before you even really get to know their personality as it would be to judge somebody on their looks before you get to know their personality. Would you say you're the smart one in your relationship? Because <laughs> um, <clears throat> he might be listening. Yeah, I don't know. I, he would he would say him. Here's the thing with him is he'd say him. Maybe I'd say me. So really? I don't know who's right. I can fully admit I'm not the smart one in my relationship. Yeah, I uh uh, nope, she's got multiple degrees and speaks several languages. I am not See, even close. Paper to pen, like, neither of us are are academically like Mensa, even close to Mensa material. But see, I feel like I would fit in at a Mensa meeting because I can bullshit my way through most yeah, things. I'm, a, I'm an okay bullshitter too. I could probably bullshit my way through this girl's test. <laughs> you hey, should try. I just want to see an example of it. Is it anything... Or is it, uh, do you have to be intelligent to get anything with this girl? Or can there be like a hookup with a moron? Well, or? I mean, I think if you start with, hey there, you're not going to be in no matter what. So if you at least approach as and seem to be well put together, I'm assuming she'll give it a shot. Like if I'm not smart, but my penis is pretty intelligent, can we still make <laughs> something work? Because I've never really quizzed it or anything like that, but I feel like it's seen some shit and it knows some shit. My dick reads novels. Don't know if you <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm glad you brought that up because I've got a great segment here. Uh, What do rich people read? It doesn't matter what blog you read or book from a millionaire or billionaire. They all talk about the fact that they read. And statistically, wealthy people read more than people who are not wealthy. But what do they read? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Are I, you reading fucking comic books or are you reading mm-hmm. the Bible or what is it? Right. If I had to venture a guess, I haven't seen this, so let me just venture a guess here. It's going to be some form of like genome, futuristic, um, what might happen, genetic code, some form of that shit. Sci-fi, more on the side, not even sci-fi, actually. This is, there's, I don't forget what the genre name is, but there are people who are, who write about the future and how they believe the future is going to go in terms of you know, uh, especially genetic code. So I'm going to go in that area somewhere. Am I way off? 88% of wealthy individuals read 30 minutes or more each day. Here's how they're using up their reading time. 79% read educational career-related material. Okay, fine. Uh, That (laughs) makes sense. Textbooks, boring. 94% read the news and about current events. Okay, I didn't even think. Of course, yeah, sure. 63% 63% don't actually read at all. They listen to audiobooks during their commute. Oh, okay. I know that they say it's great for your brain to read. Is it the actual act of reading or is it comprehending what's there on paper? If I listen to a book, am I getting the same benefit as I would if I read the book? I actually don't know the answer to that. I'm not sure. I've I know narrated the answer a ton of audiobooks, yeah. but I don't actually know because I don't listen to them. Yeah, funny. I'm not sure what the answer would be. And if you can attain, some people cannot um, attain the same amount of information by reading as they can by listening. And that's the truth. So maybe it's different per person. 
51% of wealthy people that read regularly say they read about history. I love reading about history. It's just, where do you start? It's a long fucking thing to cover. You're reading about the Civil War. You're reading about wow. World Wars One and Two, uh, And a lot of the history is based on wars, unfortunately. You're going back to the plague. <laughs> what is it you read oh, about? Which part of history? So doomy and gloomy. But that said... I mean, I'm hypocritical because I also love true crime, mystery, crazy shit. Bring it on. 11% of wealthy people that read regularly are reading purely for entertainment purposes, and it's typically pop culture stuff. Okay, this is people that would read a book that you wrote or a blog that you work on or something like that. Yeah. They they like that sort of shit. Fluffy stuff is what I like to call it. And I know people, by the way, who, speaking of like education level, like we just were, who are like scholars in their field, and they love nothing than a smutty or a young adult romance or something in those categories. They love that shit because it's an escape. Okay, but what about the the romance novels yeah, and things like, the like smutty, that? I call it smutty stuff. Yeah, that's what uh, it is. None of the rich people I, said they read it, but I have to think statistically they do when that's I'm some of the most popular books on the market. On. If I'm a member of Mensa, for example, or I have this prestigious job title, I'm not going out of my way to tell people I'm reading fucking Colleen Hoover's ro- latest romance <laughs> novel, which by the way, I am attempting right now and I can't, I can't do the romance shit. I Why? can't. I like a little more like one of the ones I read from her, which is great. It's called Verity. It's, it's, it's very twisted and it's got like a twisted storyline to it. It's fucked up, actually. And then now this one I'm reading is just very fluffy and I don't like it. I can't do the f- pure fluffy. It's got to have some form of like murder, mis- mystery, crazy shit. Here's a question, Kat. If you could be your pet for a day and you have a dog, what's the first thing you would do? Probably just enjoy being able to just sleep and rest for a full day. That sounds amazing. This is from a new poll, and that's actually on it. I I was wondering if you'd be like the kind to go up and start sniffing strangers or just pee anywhere you want. (laughs) Big dump in the backyard. Hopefully hopefully outside. (laughs) Yeah, like that would would be so awkward, by the way. Could you imagine? You're just like taking a shit in your own backyard. The number one thing that people said is just play all day and run around until you're exhausted. We used to do that when we were kids, and we wanted so badly to grow up. Now we want it back. Sleeping all day was second on the list. Can I tell you, I look at my dog sometimes, and I think, look at you, you little bastard. Mm -hmm. You're going to sleep for hours, and then as soon as you wake up, I'm going to be on my toes. What do you need, Charlie? Do you want something to eat? Can I take you for a walk? Do you want to go to the park? Do you want me to throw your ball? And I wait on the guy hand and foot after he's just slept all day. I didn't get a nap and I worked all day. It's crazy how great a life some of these pets have. It's true. I walked in, by the way, yesterday and I got a bench beside the, our, our like primary sweet bed, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's getting too hot. Leo can't jump up that high. So I got a little bench and he's been, and he's been using it more often. So I come home yesterday and I'm like, where the heck is Leo go? Where's Leo? Leo. And I find him on the bed and he sees me and he notices me and he looks up. You know, dogs do that thing where they look up and their ears kind of flop over. And he gives me this look like, what the fuck do you want? Mm -hmm. Why are you interrupting my sleep in your bed? He was just taking up my entire bed. Yeah. And then I was like, do you want to, do you want to go, do you want to go outside? Do you want to go for what? What do you need, bud? He's just like, gave me a look like, I need you to get the fuck out Uh is what I need. Yeah. Real condescending, right? Like you should know this. I've been, I've had you for 12 (laughs) years. You should know to get out when I'm sleeping. Let me sleep. I, uh, Charlie's similar, except... I don't even know what to do about this. Do you let Leo sleep in bed with you? So he doesn't actually tend to sleep in bed during my sleeping hours. Like if it's my time to sleep, he's out. Yeah. N- n- mostly hit 
he wants to do that. He actually like sleeping right outside of the girl's door, which is really, really cute. But he's out of the bed. But he can he sleeps in there when I'm not home. Huh. Which is interesting. That's weird. Yeah. Okay, so for Charlie, and this is different. When he was a puppy, he wanted to sleep with me. Then when he got a little bit older, it was kind of like, ah, it's not really cool anymore. He's I'm just gonna sleep too. on the floor. Yeah, he weighs a hundred pounds. He's huge, now. yeah. He's a big dog. So he started sleeping on the floor. But I've noticed the last week or so when I was getting ready for work, as I put my my hoodie on and and pull up my socks and get ready to walk out the door. As I'm walking out, he's getting up and jumping on the bed and sleeping next to my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. What the, pl- the fuck's that the all plan, about, Charlie? The plan is in full effect. <laughs> <laughs> Were you just waiting for me to leave? Was I inconveniencing you by sleeping in my bed? He's like, yeah, there's a nice dog bed you bought me. Why don't you go cuddle up to that? <laughs> yeah, why don't you go this sleep in my, the fucking yeah. bed on the floor, <laughs> which doesn't even have a pillow or a comforter, <laughs> asshole. So number one was play all day and run around till you're exhausted. Sleep all day was number two. Rounding out the top three was get cozy, relax in your favorite spot. It's amazing that dogs are doing all the things that we want to do. Isn't that interesting? It's great. I love it. If you could be your pet for a day. Nobody said the butt sniffs. Nobody said the jumping up on people. Nobody said any of those things being fed on demand. Good. Like, I don't, who, 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 are there people, ser- I know there's people, like, there's just gross people, but who's going to be like, admit, I'd love to stick my face in as many crotches as possible and up everybody's ass. <laughs> I just figured. I mean, I know they're out there. Don't it, get me wrong, but who's going to say it out loud? It was a survey. I figured some asshole would say it. <laughs> some asshole wants an asshole. What do you want? <laughs> we are in a great time of year. I think longtime listeners understand that. Today's a big day for me. It's Cinco de Mayo Eve. Ooh. I will break out the Patron tonight Already? because tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo, baby. Okay, so you're, see, here's the thing with the pregame thing that would get me. If And I'm not as into Cinco de Mayo, and I'm happy for you. This Your day's coming up. That's amazing. For me, if that was me that was really into it, is a, is, is a pregame or a warm-up a good idea if you're planning to go all in the next day? Like, I'd be out the next day then. I'd be out on the actual day if I did a warm-up tonight. But you're good. You can rally, right? Well, I'm only going to have a couple tonight. And okay. I'll, I'll have them on ice. And I'm not going to shoot it because I'm not a... I'm st- you're, not, you're not in college. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'll sip on a bit of tequila tonight. Very and then nice. <clears throat> tomorrow's great because Cinco de Mayo, you can just go from burrito place to burrito place. And there's a bit of a price war going on. For those who don't believe... The competition brings down prices. Take a look at the burrito market on Cinco de Mayo. Mm. Quesada tomorrow, five ninety nine burritos. Mucho burrito, five ninety nine burritos. Oh. Now bar burrito, five ninety nine burritos. Everybody wants you to buy your burritos from them, and I'm here for it. So I'm going to tour around. I'm going to do lots of them. The problem is I can't get wild because I got to pick up my daughter. She's coming home for the first time since Christmas, so I got to go to the airport tomorrow. I'm hoping that she remembers it's Cinco de Mayo and says. This is my dad's day. We should go out for Mexican. Because if that happens, I might not even be in on Friday. If you're paying, she's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's in school. Let's not forget. She is a student. You pay for her, she'll go. Absolutely. Well, I just paid her May rent, so I don't know why. I wouldn't also throw in dinner as well. Here we are. I'm. Uh, your time's coming. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm trying to save up now, and it's impossible to even save up. I, uh, oh. The way of the prices are going. I mean, gas it's went crazy. up another four cents a it's liter crazy. yesterday. It's it's just a mess. Everything. Uh, so after Cinco de Mayo, then we look forward to Mother's Day on Monday. We've got May 2-4, just a couple weeks out, the unofficial start of summer. And then we're into grad season. And while grad, if you're... 
Oh, great. Hang on. There we go. Then we're into grad season. Grad season is different depending on where you're at in life. If you're in elementary school and you're going to do your grade eight grad and you're, oh, goodbye to all my friends. And, oh, <laughs> they don't see in a few months I, anyway. Most of them end up going to the same high school anyway. I'll be online playing <laughs> Xbox with you later on. Yeah. yeah, okay, there's that. And then there's high school grad where you say your goodbyes and everybody's going their separate ways and some people love it, some people hate it. When you get to post-secondary grad, we get into a big ceremony. All the pomp and circumstance, mm-hmm. and you get your cap and gown and your diploma and your degree, and then you're out into the workforce. We're releasing you into the wild. CNBC spoke to a lot of grads-to-be, and they wanted to know what the expectations are for people that are about to graduate. They do this every year, and one of the questions they ask every year is, What are you expecting as a starting salary when you finish your program and you go out into the workforce, you've applied, you got hired, what are you thinking they're going to tell you is your starting salary when you get to that job? Now me, I probably, before I got into the program that I took for four years and paid $80,000 for, I would probably research what the starting salary is. How much you make to start. I think most people should do that. Apparently, that little detail got overlooked by a lot of students. Oh, no. Because the study found current post-secondary students expect to score a starting salary of $103,000 right after graduation. Now, that's kind of overshooting the actual starting salary, which CNBC puts in and around $50,000 $50,000 on average. Oh my gosh. You're off by $50,000. That's it, that's an insane amount to be off by. I, do they, are, is, are you sure that's not just their goal to get to eventually? Like That's crazy. No, they said to people, and, and you could fill it out online or you could just speak to the interviewer. When you graduate, maybe you take a week or two off, a couple weeks, maybe take the whole summer off. And then you're going to go out into the job force and you're going to start applying and going to interviews. What is your expectation for a starting salary? And for whatever reason, maybe it's an aim high kind of thing, but yeah, they said an average of 103,000 right after grad, whereas the average actual starting salary is about 50. Wow. You know, and for some, I know that there are. Oh, yep. I know that for some industries, they're needed so greatly that you can start at quite a high salary because it's very competitive engineering comes to mind i know that it's really difficult to keep people in those positions because they can go anywhere and make easily make six figures anywhere they go so it's just a matter of who has the best perks basically i can be picky choosy new people come into the force and and they're like please come be our engineer here i know that it's very competitive there but in most cases it's not like that you gotta you really have to work your way up I hope those people realize, though, if they do have a sense of disappointment in getting their first job and making that, let's say, 60 grand to start, and they thought it was going to be 100, if there's opportunity there, then they should just know that they got to work hard. A lot of people do have to work hard to get to a certain point in those industries. Well, they say there is a silver lining. A lot of businesses are hiring right now, so it should be easier to find a job. And I remember when I graduated, that was the big thing. Am I going to find a job? There's no jobs. In the economy, there's no jobs. Now we have a lot of jobs, and companies really want to find the best. The problem is they don't necessarily want to pay out double what they're paying now. So we're at a bit of a standstill. Employers plan to hire about 31% more new post-secondary grads this year 
than they hired from the class of 2021. Mm. Okay, so hey, if you're about to graduate, there's a demand for you. Some programs are going to earn a better starting salary than others. They say students with a computer science degree can expect an average starting salary around $76,000 a year. That's a hell of a start. Yep. Engineering students, around $74,000. Not bad. On the flip side, if you have a communications degree, for example, your average starting salary will be between fifty and 60000 Humanities, between forty-five and 51000 There's certain ones that just pay more than others. That's just the way it is. I remember when I, I went right from high school into the workforce and I was doing some, some DJ stuff, but I'd been offered a job in radio. And I remember at my age in high school, when they sat me down in the boardroom and offered me a contract, they said, here you go. This is it. $18,900 a year. And I was so fucking excited. I thought I was rich. I thought, ha ha, suckers. Wow. All my friends are going to U of T and York and Conestoga. And I'm rich. And I'm fucking Woo. making the money, baby. So funny. Radio salaries haven't improved that much yeah. over the years, in case you're wondering. I mean, it's a little more than 18000 now. But uh, inflation, That's the so only funny. area it doesn't touch is salaries in radio. That is so funny. <laughs> what was your first job? And did My you first... get what you were expecting to make? Oh, I thought I was rich. Absolutely. I um, was offered a job and it was uh, full time and it was in marketing. Actually, it was I went from radio to a marketing gig back into radio. So that's kind of back. I left college early to take this job in marketing because I thought I'd like it. And it wasn't for me. I learned a lot, but they offered me thirty five grand. Thirty five thousand. You were twice as rich as I was. That was like hello i am loaded so yeah that was a that was a big deal and um yeah it turns out i happily took a little bit less than that to get back into radio but uh yeah 35 grand. i thought that it, i was like this is the best and i just wanted to like show it off to everybody like because my classmates right they all wanted to know like oh you must have left for a good amount of money huh what was it 20 or something like that's how that was the time uh-huh. and i'm like 35 they're like what what crazy yeah you were rich yeah okay but at the time most people were living at home and if you live at home that's a good amount of money but once you factor in the cost of oh i don't know things like uh rent or a mortgage payment oh yeah car payments car insurance cell phones are just crazy expensive still uh yeah i mean that money doesn't go very far anymore no. so that's a big problem I'm not sure if I believe this stat, but they claim it's true. And I'd like to get your take because you're closer to 40 than you are to 20, Kat. (laughs) Than 20? Yeah, you'd be correct. (laughs) (laughs) They say women over 40 are as bad as teenagers now. Women between 40 and 60 spend about a quarter of their waking hours thinking about sex. Oh, but hang on, is that has that really changed? Hasn't there always been like kind of an uptick in a sex drive for a woman after the age of 40? I thought that's just been almost, I want to say almost proven. Yeah, I think it's true. I mean, they call them cougars for a reason, right? They're on the prowl. Right I'm not, okay, <laughs> cougars implies you want to do it with a younger, with a younger partner. Um, but yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that that's been proven. That's been a thing for a long time that over the age of, of, at a certain age, which is usually 40 for women and different for men, I'd been have a totally different situation going on there. 
uh, but they do find an uptick in sex drive. I believe that that's proven, yeah. Poll asked women to name the most sexually satisfying decade of their lives. Half of the women in their 50s, half of the women in their 50s said it was when they were in their 30s was their most sexually satisfying decade. Okay. The 30s are good. And in other naughty news, uh, naughty news. Naughty news update. We should make that a feature on this pod. (laughs) We should. I'm writing that down. Uh, Adam and Eve, the sex company, asked people about the positions that they're enjoying in 2022. Has there been any sort of an evolution or are we still doing the old school here? (laughs) Is there any new ways to find? Haven't we covered everything? No, we're boring. Missionary (laughs) was the most popular sex position, followed by the doggy. Followed by the cowgirl, followed by the reverse cowgirl, oh. followed by spooning. Oh, okay. Really? I thought we would have invented something new at this point. All those uh, things just seem like been there, done that. Sure. And I mean, like, yeah, but you're talking about like uh, like a one time, like a birthday celebration. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> But it's my birthday. Yeah, like these are regular, these are regular everyday scenarios that you're that you're reading about. But it doesn't mean that they don't. You don't, but it doesn't mean you don't do other things. It's just special. But didn't make the list. It's, <laughs> it's just a special. You're thinking more like special occasion things, and those can be in the mix. But for most people, you're going to go to your go tos, which probably that list makes sense. Is that the whole? Oh, it's a commercial, and and uh, Sean Mendez is going to be on Fallon in a few minutes. Let's hurry up and get this done. We don't have time to be creative. Let's hurry up. Is that and what it Shawn is? Mendes or? is going to be. If I said those words to my husband, <laughs> honey, Sean Mendez is going to be on Fallon soon. Can we just get things going? We're either going to get things going, or we're doing a reverse cowgirl because I got to see this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got to reach the remote. Let's just scoot you over this way. Hang on. All right, guys, we're having sound problems like crazy, so we're doing a kind of shorter one today. We'll be back tomorrow, God willing, if that dove from North Korea arrives on time with a new sound card. And and an eye patch. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, have a happy hump day. We will see you tomorrow for Cinco de Mayo celebrations. Apparently, Hewlett-Packard has been remotely disabling customers' printer cartridges if they cancel their ink subscription. Customers are like, if my wireless printer actually worked in the first place, this would be an issue. The series Grey's Anatomy celebrated filming its 400th episode. That show has been on so long, all the doctors are patients now. (laughs) According to a new study, a dog's personality has nothing to do with its breed. For example, a different collie pushed Timmy into the well. A draft of an upcoming Supreme Court opinion leaked, and it showed that the court is planning to overturn Roe versus Wade, even though only 29% of Americans support that move. Apparently, they decided masks aren't mandatory, but Mother's Day is. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.